This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes. And I got squiggles on the screen. That means all my adapters and adapters on cables are working, guys. Uh, Hopefully I sound extra crispy for you. Got all the studio equipment back in the studio recording a podcast just like the old days with all the knobs and all the buttons. Hopefully sounding real good on the audio quality. Um, Got an awesome show lined up for you today, guys. But let's get into the people that make this possible, then we'll get right into the show. Um, Starting off with our Exodus ad read, guys. I'll keep this real short and sweet and full of savings. I have something coming from the Exodus guys that I want to share with you guys, and that is hashtag VelvetFest been talking about it for a while guys got a little more to throw on to sweeten the pot if you're not familiar with hashtag velvet fest it is the official start to deer season and exodus help gets the ball rolling for everyone in their summer scouting i know when hashtag velvet fest hits it means it's time to get my cameras ready and deploy them for season which i have all my cameras out except three right now guys they're just doing doing the lord's work like i said out there soaking getting that intel for me um but from now to august 19th they have awesome prizes for people who use the hashtag, hashtag VelvetFest on their social media showing their whitetail adventures. If you're out there scouting, you're out there hanging cams, you're out there running trail cams, whatever you're doing, they want to see it. They want to see that hashtag VelvetFest. That's how they're going to be able to see what you guys are doing out there. To help share all the excitement for the upcoming season, we're offering 18% off site-wide, excluding the Exodus MMT arrows, guys. That's 18% off all the cameras, all the camera packages, all the gear, the shirts, everything, excluding the MMT arrows. Um, Prize cards included with every single camera and arrow order. Just scratch the card and you'll find out how much you're winning. On top of that, you can use code SUMMERBUCKS, guys, capital S, capital B, no space, SUMMERBUCKS at checkout and save 18%. And exclusive to podcast listeners, because we love you guys, They're going to extend this offer to the end of the month. So don't overlook this unique saving opportunity and experience true dependability when it comes to cell cams. If you guys are new to Exodus and you're new to this podcast, 
Over the last seven years, Exodus has consistently shown they build quality gear that flat out works. The best trail cam warranty, period, in the market. Every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty and even comes with theft and damage coverage. Yes, five years, literally half a decade, you'll be covered by the Exodus five-year warranty. But more than likely, you won't need these because these cams are built to last. I have cams out there that are five years old, still running, still ripping, still getting pictures off them, guys. I hung two of them last year, fired right up, set the day. I don't think they're ever going to die on me. But they also just launched the Exodus MMT Arrow this this summer, a tailor-built arrow to your specifications using nothing but the highest-grade components, period. Head to their website, use a 3D builder, experience the best shooting hunting arrow available. If you've been shooting the arrow and you're really enjoying it, go ahead and share with Exodus something that you're really liking about those, these arrows. They're wanting some feedback on what you guys are seeing. Make sure and use that hashtag VelvetFest, guys, to make sure and not miss out on any of these savings and any of these awesome prizes that they're giving away. Next on the chopping list is RideOnOptics.com. Um, we're still shooting the ride on optics. Got them on the muzzle loader this year. Really excited about cranking that. I'll hopefully drop a giant buck this gun season. Um, but they're crafting precision optics for everybody, guys. Um, their slogan is, we are marksmen and hunters. And because we've been there, we've built an optic line to withstand it all and never let you down. Within the ride on optics product line, you'll see the difference in everything we do, including the high quality product products, at the industry best value and unrelenting customer service support guys the customer service is top notch with these guys um, check out rideonoptics.com for any of your optic needs next on the list we got tony at 330 archery that's 330h he has it going on to make sure that you can count on your bow when you need it the most 330 archery Bow strings are made with the best material available. They have a super quick turnaround and is offering the listeners of this podcast a 20% off discount using Whitetail, under undercase W, Whitetail 20, no spaces to save 20% off. If you're all about supporting the local guy, the small time starting out guy, 330 Archery is for you. Visit 330archery.com or reach out to Tony personally to place an order to answer any questions, that's 330archery.com. This week, I'm going to personally be coming at you with my top eight must-do things before season starts. Sitting in the dining room with my wife, making some notes, um, she asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm going through a list of stuff, either checking off stuff I've already done or stuff that I need to do in the future before season starts. And uh, she asked me to read them out, so I started reading them off. And she said, "Maybe you should podcast about this. Uh, you know, there might be some other guy out there that uh, that missed missed one of these eight things." So I'm going to take my wife's advice here, and I'm going to I'm going to hit you with my top eight things to do before season starts. Um, and number one, guys, pretty pretty easy to do. Get your license in order. Figure out what license you have, what license you need. Um, here in, here in Illinois, you have to pre-order your, your gun license. You have to pre-order your muzzleloader license. If not, you have to buy them over the counter. They go on a certain date and you have to be, do you have to get them the per there pretty quick? Cause they're per County and they're only the leftover tags and they sell out fast. So I've got my shotgun tag. I've got my muzzleloader tag. Um, I do not have my habitat stamp. I was going through there. 
I was I have my hunting and fishing combo, um, but I do not have my habitat stamp for some reason. So um, that's something that I need to do. You'd never want to be put in, in the circumstance of a you know a game warden or a, a, an outdoor officer talking to you, and you don't have your shit in line. You know, if you love the sport, you want to do the right thing. Um, so I got to go get that. I also need to get my migratory bird stamp, um, something that I don't have for some reason. But on top of that, there's a lot of things for a lot of different states. Um, we have to get windshield permits for our public, something I still haven't done. I need to print out every windshield permit for each public that I'm going to. They used to have the old sign-in box where you sign in, sign out. They don't have that anymore. They have a paper that you put up on your dash, and then you carry a paper in your hunting gear or in your pocket. Um, I have like a laminated little Ziploc deal that I put them in with your number. So if anything ever does come up, you have your number, and they can check if you've killed anything out there or if you've how many times you've hunted out there and etc. Um, so basically just learn what you need. You know, a lot of people are starting up season real quick here. So just learn exactly what you need. Make sure that you got everything in order. And this would be a good thing to do. Like, you know, right after you get done listening to this podcast, um, just go, go through your wallet or wherever you keep your tags and make sure you got all your stuff. If not buy it now. So it's not the night before season and you're trying to drive somewhere and, uh, and find your tags. Number two, this is maybe the most important on this list, is talk to your landowners. Make sure you're still good to hunt out there. Um, I know a lot of people might have been doing food plot work already, might have been running cams, might have been hanging stands. Um, There's nothing worse than doing all that. And like me, I had a lease, and uh, I actually lost it October 17th one year because they didn't want me out there anymore. Um, And if I would have talked to them earlier, I could have prevented that all the work that I did out there to losing that. So um, talk to your landowners, make sure that um, you're still good to go out there. You're still good to hunt. Maybe they don't want you to hunt in a certain area. Maybe they got a new hunter that's hunting out there. I got one piece of my private that I just picked up. There is another hunter out there. I talked to him and said, Hey man, I'm going to be hunting out there. Not exactly what he wanted to hear, but it's good to let a guy know that you're going to be out there. Talk to the landowner. Um, you know, do I have free range on everything? Do you want me not in certain place? A lot of times around here, like if I get a deer, am I able to drive a four wheeler in there to get it out? You know, a lot of people don't want you driving on their hay fields or their, you know, the crop fields if they're picked even, um, for compaction. So that's just good things to clear out right off the rip. I even sent him a message like, Hey, I'm going to go run camps. The guy doesn't really care, but I think it's nice to let him know that I was going to be out there. And then if anything happened to me, um, he would at least have that message that if my wife was asking where I was at, he'd say, yeah, he's over here. Um, okay. That's the private land hunters, but for the public guys out there, um, go, go to your public. If you're at a, uh, you know, a public park, if you can find a guy that works out there, um, see if you can get any info from him, any, any changes that they did to the ground. Maybe they planted a little food plot on uh, one year. They planted uh, one property, planted a little couple hidden food plots down on the river bottom of beans that were like an acre and a half um, that nobody knew about. Wasn't on a map. No one told it, said anything about it. They just kind of slipped in there and did it. That same year, they also hinge cut like 20 acres. Um, they didn't do it aggressively, but they cut, logged and hinge cut a lot of acreage um, there. Um, last year, we're out there hunting. We're doing a big loop around the backside, and there's a sign up that says they're logging this during the middle of the rut, middle of November, um, and 
there's no hunters in this area. That's something that we plan on hunting that area for multiple days. Um, and there's no, if we would have talked to someone that was out there, they could have gave us info like, Hey, they're going to be logging over here. And we could have X that off the list. So for your public land hunters, you can talk to those guys. Sometimes they're like, Hey man, I'm seeing a lot of deer over here, man. There's some big bucks out here. Like you can get a lot of Intel from those guys. They see the sheds. They can drive around out there. They see the deer in the evening. They're out there brush hogging and bumping up deer. They're out there doing stuff, you know, the walking through the timber and they're seeing what's out there and they know a lot more than they do. And a lot of times, which is weird is the guys aren't hunters. They're just not hunters. So that's weird to me that they aren't hunters, but they're not. So um, at least around here. Um, next, talk to your family, guys. Talk to your wife. Talk to your kids. Um, if you can kind of have a game plan. I work four tens. Um, most of the time during the whole year, I'm on four tens, but I work five tens. Um, a lot of times I work Saturday too. But during deer season, I take my four tens. And, you know, my kids are in school. Then they go to daycare and I pick them up. Um, but you got to let, got to give them a kind of a plan of what, what's your plan. You got any trips planned? What days of the week are you going to try to be hunting? Um, just tell your kids that hunting season is coming up. Tell your wife, let them remind them, tell work. Like if you have a planned vacation or you plan on taking some floaters is what they call us, where you can kind of take a day here or there. If you have any idea when you're going to take that, um, just throw it out there. Say, Hey, you know, for the last week of October and three weeks in November or whatever, I'm not going to be here. Um, me, I'm, I'm going to take the last last five days of October, I think, and then the first five, seven days. And and I'm going to take 14 days, somewhere around in there. I don't know. I might save a day for gun season. I'm not 100% sure, but um, just let them know. I talk, had the talk with my wife. I said, hey, I plan on taking Mondays, and I'm going to hunt Mondays. I've never had the advantage in my life to be working 410s. If I'm still on four tens, I'm going to be taking that Monday and hunting every Monday. Just the added amount of days per season that that Monday gives me that I don't have to work is insane. It's like another three weeks of hunting like vacation um, just by taking that one Monday every Monday and hunting throughout the year. Um, so that's something that I wanted to tell her. Be like, hey, you know, if something comes up, cool. Um, but I'm going to try to hunt a morning at least since the kids are going to school um, on the Mondays. And if we have stuff going on in the evenings, that's fine. I understand, but I'd like to hunt every Monday if possible. Um, and I let my kids know, Hey, hunting season's coming up. They're excited. They're ready for me to bring home another big buck, you know, and let them know like, Hey, if you want me to bring home a big buck, I got to spend time in the woods. I got to be out there. Uh, and I told my boss like, Hey, I, I love hunting. So, you know, late October through November, I'm not going to be here. Just to let you know, to give you a heads up. Um, she jotted it down on her calendar. She knows now that Jenkins isn't going to be here um, during that time. So even if she wants me, she's not going to call me. She sees on the list, hey, this guy's out. He's not available for any call outs or anything like that. He's hunting. Um, number four, guys, go through your old data. This is an absolute perfect time where you're letting the trail cams go out there Um I, I cone the phrase doing the Lord's work because I the trail cams right now for me, you just set them there and they just get intel for you on what you got, what you're working with through the season. If you got anything, you're going to be able to kill early. I absolutely love that they're out there working for me the whole entire time and I'm just sitting back chilling after I got them up. But what I'm doing right now, 
is I'm going through the old data, going through the old trail cam picks, um, looking to see if anything um, strikes me like, oh man, this scrape got really hot this one week. Um, there's a lot of bucks hitting it. Um, man, this there's a lot of bucks in this feed field at a certain time. Um, a lot of bucks in this doe bedding area. Um, there's a lot of does on this white acorn flat at some point. Um, these are things you can pick out from that trail cams where you you can see it, especially if you run bubble cams. Like you have the nights where the cams are just there's cams are just dead, and then you have something like boom, something hits, and you can look back at that data. What was it? Excuse me. Was it the weather? Um, you know, was it pressure? You know, are they starting to hit a scrape more often? But there's one scrape on my urban piece. Um, man, that last week, the th- third to fourth week of October, thing just lit up. Five shooter bucks in there, two in daylight. I ended up killing one of the bucks that was in daylight. Kevin Gates there, a gigantic eight pointer, um, going J hooking right into that scrape. But, uh, that data now, I look through that data, I'm like, man, I had this other buck daylight there. We seen this buck hit that scrape daylight. Um, all these other bucks were daylight there. Like we have a lot of intel on bucks that were in the area. There's a triple main beam buck. There's a buck we call Trailer Park. Um, Tupac's there, buck we call Tupac. There's a lot of bucks in that were in that area that I'm looking forward to seeing um, right now. Another thing is um, my public. There's certain times of the year when I had got my big public land deer on trail cam um, for the first time. And that was that was like September 7th, uh, September 15th, September 25th. Um, I got them through there and I'm running cams back in there. And I was thinking, and, you know, I hadn't got a picture of him yet. The past two years, he hasn't showed up to that first week of September. So looking back to the data, couldn't remember the exact time. I'm like, okay, yeah, first week of September. I'm still a month out, you know, three weeks out from when I think this deer is going to show up. So I don't need to move those cams, try to find him. I just need to let him hang there, chill out, um, and, and you know, hopefully he comes back if he's alive, you know, and I get that picture of him. But go through that old data, categorize him. What I do is I put – I'm a scrape hunter. I love scrapes. So I put scrapes in categories – um, so I have like name certain, like the food plot scrape tree on the King Booner town, um, the urban top scrape, the urban bottom scrape. And these are scrapes that I know. And I have folders on my computer with every picture of a scrape buck that's on that scrape, whether it's daylight, dark, whatever it is, um, doesn't matter. I have a picture of that deer of a deer on that scrape, a buck that I want to hunt. Um, it goes in that folder. And that folder gets kind of full, you know, you got, you get a hundred pictures in there throughout the year. And it's, it's hard to forget what you had on all those scrapes. Um, so I like to categorize my scrapes and see, man, this buck really fired up on this scrape, um, last year. And to see if that coincides year after year, then you can really connect the dots on, on some bucks if, if they do that repeatedly. Um, but I have a buck that I'm really looking forward to trailer park. He started freaking in an area, hitting a scrape that third week of October. I'm really keying in on that area third week of October. Going to run a mobile on that scrape and see if he returns. I'd really like to kill that deer. He's probably mid-60s this year. So 
I'm really excited about that. I also have every buck categorized in, in a folder. Um, one buck I call Buzz Lightyear, the one that homie uh, missed last year, just shot just a tad bit low, um, like inches low, and uh, shot right under him. I was going through that, and he was on my property 13 times last year on trail cam, once in daylight. And then we went in there and hunted him, and he was able to get a shot at him and missed. But that deer was on there 13 times um, from right before sunup to 1 a.m. to new to midnight. To, I mean, just all over the place. But that just tells me that that deer frequents that area a lot. And if his home range shrinks a little bit, I got a pretty good shot at that deer. And that's a deer that I'm really targeting. Another buck I call Chips and Dips. Same thing. I got a folder for him. Looking at all his his files. He showed back up. He's a giant. He's really big. Put, put on a ton of inches. Um, and I'm excited I was excited to go through that data, and when I pulled up his folder, I was kind of bummed out. He's a roamer. He wasn't there a lot. Only got a few pictures of him, all random. Um, he was there in the summer, then he left, and he came back in October, and then he left, and he came back in November. So, in my mind, I want to target that deer because it's a giant deer, a shitload of points you know, going on. He's got seven on one side, six on the other, uh, you know, mainframe points, plus the split brows and stuff. Awesome deer, but... He's not a regular deer. So if less something changes drastically, I'm probably not going to put a lot of work trying to target that deer. So if you have this option, if you have, you know, you have them saved on a computer, or you got them on SD cards or a hard drive or something, just file them, file them by scrape, file them by area, file them by trail cam, file them by bucks, however you can get it in your mind to see if anything correlates together. Um, and, I love filing them by scrapes. That's something that I don't know if anybody else does. I really like doing that. I just let you know what's on that scrape year after year after year. And uh, a lot of the bucks come back, man. It's so cool to see when they come back and hit that same scrape, like that Boonertown scrape on the food plot. That sep- that last week of September, every single buck that we have on that property will hit that scrape. And then... The first five days of October in daylight, one of those bucks will hit that scrape. Don't know which one, but one of them will the last four years. And we've always missed it by a day or two. We've always like, all right, we're going to throw two sets at this because we know there's going to be a buck here. Last year we hunted it, felt really good going in, um, end up seeing a small buck and a doe. And then the next night a shooter daylighted on that scrape. We were a day off, um, but that was just, Pattern by scrape, man. Having that folder of king king food plot scrape and pulling it up and seeing all these bucks on there year after year after year. So go through that data. Number five, prepare your gear. Um, maybe you got a new stand. Maybe you're going to saddle hunting. A lot of people are doing that. Maybe you got a new bow. Um, you got to get used to all that stuff, guys. Um, I every year I start shooting my bow. And I'm shooting it, you know, ever so often through the winter. But I'm not a shoot your bow every week kind of guy in the wintertime. I'll shoot it like every two and a half weeks, three weeks. You got a nice day. And then when season comes, you know, I start picking, you know, before season, a month ago, I start shooting quite a bit. And now I'm shooting a lot. And uh, I then when season starts, I try to get a couple arrows a day, you know, and then have days where I shoot a lot. But, um... When I first got my bow out, man, it just, it, I wasn't comfortable with it. I don't know what it is. It was just, it was awkward for me for the first 20 shots, you know, just getting back in the groove of 
shooting it a bunch. I changed arrows, had to re, you know, retype my, redo my sight tape. I wanted to get that done way in advance. Not running anything different for my stand setup with my mobile setup, other than I did buy one of the XOP stick carriers that goes under your harness. I love that idea. Um, I might buy two, but I bought one just to see how it's going to go. And then if I like it when I get it, I'm going to buy the second one. I figured I'd just pay the extra shipping and handling just to see if it's something that I'm going to utilize on both sides. Um, but I really like that idea of having that stick on my harness. Um, speaking of harnesses, that's something you guys need to check right now. Check your safety harnesses. Those got, those They do have an expiration date on those harnesses. Just make sure they ain't frayed. Make sure that the loops are good. Make sure that your your you know your locking method, whether it's a it's a carabiner or, or hook or whatever it is, it's good. Um, if you're in the saddle game, that's even more to, to inspect. If you you know if you had that stuff out in the weather last year, in the wind and rain and snow, make sure none of that stuff's rusted. Make sure it's all fluid. Um, there's a lot of more moving parts to that than just a harness. Um, make sure that you're tree rope is good the, the rope they actually swing around the tree to hook off to on your on your harness make sure that tie-off rope is good i actually bought a second tie-off rope this year way way lighter than the one i had man it's like crazy it's like half the weight um i had a really long one that could you could go around like a giant ancient oak tree and i don't hunt a lot of big trees um and it was always hanging down kind of in the way so I went and got a shorter one this year. But make sure and check your gear. Check your bow strings. Check your sight. Check everything. Um, check your stand straps, your safety harness. Make sure all that is good. Um, number six, prep your private. Um, check your old stands. Check the cables and the straps on them. A lot of times what I like to do is on my old stands, like the sticks, and you know I'll kind of do the pull method on them. Um, with one hand on the tree as I'm going up, but that dang stand, when you get to the top, if you ain't been there in a couple years and you plan on hunting it, or you ain't been there since January of last year, I like to loosen up the ratchet straps that I have on there a little bit, put a new ratchet strap on there, leave the bottom one, put a new one on the top, tighten up the bottom one, then step onto that stand. I do that repeatedly just cause that tree grew a little bit. I don't really trust the straps that I use a lot if they're out there all year. So I like to leave the bottom strap on so it holds the stand in place. Just loosen it, snug, un, unloosen the top, put a new strap on there, ratchet strap it in, then loosen the bottom, ratchet strap it again, then step on that stand and make sure that it's good. Um, and like I said, verify your cables are good too. But th there is nothing, absolutely nothing that I could see being worse than being so jacked up for season. You put in all the food plots, you got all the work in, then you fall out of a stand and you cannot hunt because you did not check your straps. Um, if you go in there in the morning, it's dark out and you try to verify those straps are good. Um, it's going to be sketch is all I can say. So um, another thing, clear your limbs um, and your trails and think about, um, your access routes per wind. Like I was, I'm scouting this new piece of private that I got. I found a giant bed, jumped a smaller buck up in the area. I think what is a satellite buck? The other buck, um, could not see him from where I busted the satellite buck, but where this deer is bedded, um, I cannot really access him any good way unless I have a, uh, straight east wind, which is 
we got a lot of east one year in the rut, which is weird, but we don't get a lot of east wins. Um, so that's something that I have in my back. Like, okay, I can get in there on him on an east, and I had the cover to be able to hang. Um, but without that, I'm not going to be able to do that. And now you also want to prepare your your late season plots, your fall plots. I planted two late season plots this year. Um, the whitetail um, no plow, excellent results with that last year. And then I also planted some domain. Um, I wanted to try it out. Um, and then I also planted some chicory. I'm trying a chicory this year just to give some throw a little curveball at him and see if I can get some movement on that chicory. Never planted chicory. Heard some good stuff about it, but not 100% sure yet. But be thinking about all that stuff. It is absolutely go time right now when you're listening to this to get those those fall plots in, especially for the guys in the Midwest. We're getting pretty late. You can still get those turnips and radishes and brassicas in. And, man, um, when you don't have those on a property and then you put them on and then you see deer late season there utilizing them, it's so worth it. Like I had seven bucks, two shooters, daylight, late season, no tags on my brassica plot. And I was like, well, I can't hunt them, but at least I know those deer are alive and getting fed good right now when L- the elements are terrible. It's negative 10 out um, and they're actually getting some, you know, they're filling their bellies pretty easy because I planted that plot, you know, in August. And that uh, just feels good to me. Um, but for your private ground, prep your private ground or your public ground, excuse me, prep your public ground. Um, go out there, pick your trees, figure out what you're going to do. Um, e-scout uh, right now, as much as you can do, as much as you can prep on public as possible. I know you can't plant plots. You can't, you know, clear shooting lanes and stuff. But while you're out there hanging cams, you could say, I can get in this tree, I can get in this tree. I mark all that stuff down on hunt stand. I wish if I wouldn't give away all my spots, I wish I could show you guys how I run my hunt stand. I feel like it's very efficient on how I run it and how I mark stuff. Um, I'll mark stuff for like, man, I want to get a cam in here in November or I want to throw it, uh, you know, a two hunts in here in, in November, or I want to come here late season and scout, or, um, I have a lot of stuff on the notes, make a mark, make a note, love that feature. Um, cause it's just so hard to hunt all the different properties and categorize everything in your head. When you have it on that app, you hit cameras, all the cameras are on there. You hit, you know, some, you know, your, your highlighted red points that you wanted to investigate, you hit it, they're all on there on all your different properties. You click it and it says heavy Creek crossing potential cam site. If you have assets available and you're like, Oh, I do have a cam available. That was a heavy, you know, heavy trail. Maybe I should go throw one on there. Um, so, uh, that's another thing that you can do. Get that shit laid out on your public land and just try to do the best you can right now. Anything you can do to make it easier when season starts. Um, number seven, um, give your wife, your girlfriend, your mom, whoever you got, a brief description of your hunting property. Where stands are, um, a lot of hunting apps you can share with someone, like where stuff is, um, which I think is awesome. Um and let your wife know, your girlfriend, whoever, let your wife know where you're going that night. 
in case something crazy happens and they need to find you. Um, we had a guy out here. He takes care of, he used to take care of some public land. Um, he was, you know, the guy who ran it was taking an old stand down that someone had left out there for a couple years and he was taking it down. And I guess the stands that they leave on public land here, they, uh, basically have an auction and sell all that stuff and the state collects the money and they plant food plots and et cetera, um, with, with the funds. So he's taking that stand down to be able to take it to this auction and the strap broke and he fell out of that tree. Um, and he told nobody was out there, couldn't, couldn't get to his cell phone, had a broken leg and he spent a whole day and a whole night. And then part of the next day out in those woods um, broke his legs, messed up his spine, could not move, had no, no survival equipment. And literally if he would have told one person say, Hey, I'm going in here to pull stands. This is kind of the area I'm going to be in. Um, you know, if I'm not back, you know, two hours, three hours after dark, give me a call. If I don't pick up, come find me, you know? And this is something I tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to the King piece or I'm going in on public. I'm going to be hunting the West side of public or I'm going to the far public and I'll be hunting the North side of that. And I show her my hunt stand and she, she's got a screenshot of kind of what, where my stands are or an area that I might want to be hunting. Um, it's just a nice fact to know, especially when you have kids, everyone has loved ones and you don't want to ruin your, your hunting, you know, for them and for you, because I guarantee you, if you're out there for a day and a half trying to crawl out of somewhere, you're not going to be motivated to get back out there and hunt a deer. So as easy as it is, just give you a brief description. Hey, babe, I'm going to be on that king piece. You've been there before. You know, I'm going to be on the top plot, you know, and uh, call me, you know, after dark. If I don't pick up, call me a couple more times. And, uh, you know, if I'm not home a few hours, you know, send someone to find me or you come try to find me or something. Um, it's just nice, nice little comfort for you in case something happens and for, for your wife and, or your family members, whoever you have with the mobile hunting being so huge. Um, I see a lot of more tree stand accidents coming because hanging and hunting your stands, if people don't do the right measures is extremely dangerous in certain, some situations. It just it just is, you know, there's, you're trying to be quiet, you're trying to move, trying to get everything hung. You're hanging off the edge of a tree. Maybe you're not wearing a safety harness. Maybe you are, maybe you unhook for a second, you fall, boom. You know, you got no idea. No one knows you're out there. So, um, this, just, just let, let someone know you're out there. That's all I got on that. Number eight, make an oh shit plan. I talked about this on Clint's podcast. This is, I think the what has killed a lot of bucks for me the past few years. Excuse me, got a drink there. My oh shit plan. Decide on your spots where you're like, oh, I'm going to throw a sit here. I'll throw a sit over here. I got nothing going on in the rut. Man, there's a ton of does over here. I'm going to go try that out. I can think of these spots in my head um, like repeatedly just I got a spot where I always bump a bunch of does. There's a spot that I turkey hunted um, and shed hunted, and there's always does in this one area, like a ton of them. Um, So during the rut, I'll probably hunt that. I know of a really good water pinch point that if I don't have anything going on, I'll probably throw a set on that during the rut. Um, I know of an apple tree that's in the woods. 
I ain't got a lot going on early season. Um, it might not hurt to go throw a set on that apple tree if I get in on it. Uh, it's just those spots in your mind that you're not sure what's there. You, you're not, you don't have any assets on the area, assets on the area to, to cover it. But in your mind, you're thinking, man, there might be a good buck in there. And it, it makes sense to hunt. Um, I know of a couple really good scrapes that I've been wanting to get cams on for a few years, but I just haven't because I pick up this piece or I want to try this piece and I got a lot of cams on one piece already, but there's these scrapes towards the north that I really want to get on. They're gigantic. They look good. Um, and they might give me a whole new buck to hunt, you know, and I know there's does up there. I've hunted there before and seen does and small bucks. So that's another spot when I think that scrape gets hot, I might go in there and give it a shot. But these are I'm getting off work late. The wind's not right. The weather's hot and crappy. Like anything that you don't want to go into your really good spot with, or, you know, the buck hasn't shown in your good spot, the oh shit spot. Like, oh man, I just give this a try. Like, here we go. This is going here and, and do it. And I've had some really good hunts off these spots. And you can feel it. Like when you find one of these spots, you know it like, man, you, you can only hunt so many spots. So you're in your mind, you're thinking, man, I really want to hunt this spot, but I don't think it's as good as this other place that I got. So I'm going to leave it on the list, but it's not a spot I'm going to put a lot of assets in or spend a lot of time in. So this, this is the time to utilize those spots. Um, so that's number eight. So going through them again, number one, get your license guys. Number two, talk to your landowners. Number three, prepare your family for what's coming up with the season. Number four, go through your old data. Number five, prepare your old gear. Make sure your tree stands are safe. Make sure your harness is safe. Number six, prepping your lamb. Prep, prep your private, prep your public as much as you can. Number seven, give a brief description to your wife of your hunting property, where you might go. Number eight, make your own shit plan. That's my top eight list of things to do before season. Um, number two, talk to those landowners, man make sure that is still good to go. That is so crucial. And then number six or number seven, given that brief description of where you're going to be hunting is a huge tip that I hear nobody talk about on any podcast that I personally do. Um, and as I was going through these, these are kind of a personal, you know, give your wife tips. A lot of people wouldn't write that down, but as my wife was reading them, she said, man, you should do a podcast about these because a lot of people like you, um, you're thinking about deer hunting all the time, but you still miss these small details because um, there's just so much going on. But um, that's my top eight. So I got most of my trail cameras out. Uh, the people that listen all the way to the end, I give you a little bit of update. PT, physical therapy, the buck on public. I'm calling him physical therapy for the last couple of years. He has not shown. I've not really pulled cams on him, but I am running two mobile cams in what I believe is his area. Like I said, he normally don't show up to that first week of September, so I'm not really scared about it. I did see an absolute gigantic buck on the bean field um, that is in close to his area, and I'm not 100% sure it was him, but, man, the frame looked right. Um, did not have my binos with me like a rookie, and he was way out there. So he was like spotting scope distance, um, but didn't have my bundles with me. I was actually on the four wheeler when I seen him. So pretty, uh, pretty excited about that. The private got all my food plots in and got my food plot on the urban piece, which guys, that's the most redneck plot ever. 
went in there, killed, they logged out a couple of cherry trees, went in there with some weed killer, killed it, raked that timber soil, planted some, some shade tolerant stuff. And dude, it's growing like crazy. Got, got yearling does out there, you know, fawns eating on it every day. Great to see. Um, got that in, got a stand hung in a more cover spot. That's why I killed my urban buck last year. Homie almost killed a buck there and got caught on drawing. He almost killed a trailer park, which is a really good buck. Just got a mobile cam in there, so not sure what's there yet. Um, like I said, it's still early, and that scrape fires up real good in, in October. Um, the king piece, I got my late season plot in. Man, I messed up on that. Did not get uh, the seed in there or did not spray it early enough, and, man, those weeds were tall. Whew, weeds were tall. So I sprayed it all, raked it really good. Man, it was a shitload of work. Got blisters on both my hands, planted it. It's coming up good. And like I said, where we normally do beans, I wasn't able to get the beans in. I had a daughter at the same time. Um, excuses, excuses, I know. But I wasn't able to get the beans in, so I planted a chicory plot, and it's coming up good. And that's where chips and dip daylighted. Really solid um, buck. So excited to get some more pictures of him. Uh, and then on the new piece, I got a 10 that's pretty interested in. And then I got a really tight, tall 10 with some base kickers that I'm pretty interested in. It's so early. I have no data on those deer if they're hanging around. Um, but they're in two different completely ranges. Um, but I did hang some cams on another one of the pieces that this guy owns. And the sign in there is incredible. That's where I found that big buck bed. Um, if you're following my Instagram story was sharing that there's just so much deer sign in there. It's crazy. There's a shitload of does in there. Um, and I got my render on one of the heaviest crossings I've ever seen in my whole entire life. So hopefully get some good pictures of that. Just got it out yesterday. Um, and I'm almost done with all of my, literally all of my whitetail work. I'm still going to be scouting from afar. Going to let the cam soak. Um, I did go and check all the cams about a week and a half after I put them up, verify they're working, verify they're taking pictures, um, you know, pull the cards, verify they're taking pictures, put the cards back in, check the battery life, good to go. I do have one cam on public way in there that's a mobile cam that's giving me a little fritz right now, um, but that's that's just part of the game. The batteries are low on it. I knew. I shouldn't have put the batteries in it. I did, but it will hopefully make it to when I pull the other cans. It's just got to make it like another month, which I think it will. Um, if it don't, I got another one in the area, so I might just let it be. I do not want to go back in there. Um, a lot of does and fawns back in there. That scrape hasn't opened up. A lot of acorns back there this year, so feeling good about that. So that's the catch-up to what I got going on. Feeling real good about season. Shooting my bow a lot. Got most of my gear gone through. For anybody that's listening, I will be at the Lone Wolf Roadshow, um, Custom Gear Roadshow in Iowa. I've had a bunch of people reach out and ask if I'm going to be there. Going to get to meet and a shitload of people. Um, the Deer Development, um, Moose, Justin Hollinsworth, he's Cisco. A shitload of people are going to be there, and I'm very excited to go to that show and just meet these guys. And then uh, I plan on kind of podcasting on the way up. And uh, probably just a bonus episode of uh, you know what I'm what I'm looking forward to the show. Talk about the people that I'm gonna meet, 
And then on the way back, you know, let you guys know how the show was, if it was worth going, just be straight up honest with you. What I learned, if I did learn anything, didn't learn anything, and what was kind of covered there, and i let you guys know how it is if you want to go to one next year because this is the last one of this year. Um, but pretty pretty excited. It's on the DeQuisto's farm. It'd be cool to go up there and see that and uh, get to experience that. But like always, guys, love you. Appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Get these things done on your checklist. Season's going to be here before we know it. It's absolute time to rip on the whitetails, guys. And uh, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. And Whitetail Legacy is out.